This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Mindful Experiment. This is Dr. Vic, and I'm excited. This is our weekly Facebook Live, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time on my private Facebook group, Empowered Living with Dr. Vic. It is free to join. Anyone can be a part of this tribe as we do these Facebook Lives live. I'm here to just create some interaction, to um, have a chance to be a part of the podcast and to join me in the podcast, to really... Um, have an opportunity to chime in, ask me questions about a topic that we'll be discussing. Lately on my podcast, I've been doing a series of my new book, A Walk in the Dark, which is really about changing the perspective of when it comes to the darkness we all face, the challenges, the stressors, the the day-to-day stuff, the the big stuff, anything, and how you can minutely shift your perspective and allow for you to see the light of it all and to truly help you grasp 
the the bigger part of the why behind it. Why do we go through it? And so much more. So I'm excited you're here. I am just pulling up the book so we can start getting through because we're going through again, chapter six. And actually, I'm going to need some glasses for this. So let's get rocking. Connecting to your light, part one. What is this all about? What it really is, is, uh, and thank you, Courtney. Um, in, you know, part one, it, it, I, I, again, if you've been following me, if you read the book already, you already know that I share some sort of a quote to really connect you, to give you a perspective of where we're going with it. And so I, I love this. Uh, Parihansa Yogananda, if you've never read his stuff, Autobiography of a Yogi, um, check it out. This guy, was a, he's an Ascended Master. So if you're into spirituality, you will know what Ascended Masters are. He is um, a man who such a gentle heart and soul, absolutely amazing. I was very fortunate to get into his work early. Uh, one of the founders of Kriya Yoga and so much more. He says, intuition is a discriminant faculty that enables you to decide which of two lines of re reasoning is right. Perfect intuition makes you master of all. See that intuition, I just love it. Albert Einstein, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. I can't say how true that is. And when I read that quote, I was like, this needs to be in chapter six. Because in society today, we are so led by our minds. We are so led by information. We are so led by what are other people doing? What's the most popular thing? What's the fad? What's the, what's the newest thing? And the problem is, is you're lost. You're a faithful servant to the one who becomes popular. And you're never really leading the path of what you want to create. What are you destined to create? What is that light within you, that uniqueness, that greatness, that, that one thing that makes you unique? In my first book, Rediscover Your Greatness, I talked about this. I, I put it in a biological factor that said, if you don't think you're unique, you have 500 to 1,000 different bacterial strains that are nowhere else found in the entire universe. Just from a biological standpoint, you're unique. Same thing as a soul. Your soul, your soul's imprint, the, the, who you really are, there is no one else that matches that. You know, and that's why you know, the universe creates of the body doesn't create anything it doesn't need. The nature doesn't create anything it doesn't need. The universe doesn't create anything it doesn't need. And that's why you were created out of a need, not a want. Because if it was a want, then there'd be some that were similar. But it is not true. You were created out of need because there's no one else that can replace you. That's the beauty of all this. But so what I did in this chapter six is I wanted to bring, because some people think, oh, intuition, okay, here we go. We know this already. And people just shut their mind off. A lot of people do that. I've been, I've been a I used to do that. I read a book and I'd be like, oh, I know where they're going with this. Got it. I'm like, I'm good. I don't, and I'll, I'll skim through and my mind shuts off. But I really wanted to hammer. I mean, literally, I did this in chapter six. Hammer about the different people that talk about the power of intuition. You know, a quiet mind is able to hear intuition over fear. Anonymous. Intuition is knowing without knowing. Anonymous. Intuition doesn't tell you what you want to hear. It tells you what you need to hear. Sonia Choquette. When your intuition is roaring loud, follow it. Anonymous. I don't mind there's so many anonymous ones. Um, think for yourself. Trust your own intuition. Another's mind isn't walking your journey. You are. Scotty Waves. That's again, guys. Intuition is your soul's compass. Intuition is the one thing that's going to guide you in your life to where you need to go. Get through the experience you need to get to. See what you go through and give you that deep wisdom for what you need to go through. No one else can give you that except you. Someone can shine the light or help like do a mirror 
right? And try to get you to see something in you. Uh, but you're the one that has to go through. Listen to the wind. It talks. Listen to the silence. It speaks. Listen to your heart. It knows. Native American pro proverb. Never apologize for trusting your intuition. Your brain can play tricks. Your heart can blind. Your, your gut is always right. Never discredit your gut instinct. You are not paranoid. Your body can pick up on bad vibrations. If something deep inside you says something is not right about a person or situation, trust it. Anonymous. Intuition is real. Vibes are real. Energy doesn't lie. Tune in. Anonymous. Uh, last one. The more you trust your intuition, the more empowered you become, the stronger you become, and the happier you become. Giselle uh, Bunchen. So it's one of those things, guys, that intuition, it, it's your soul's compass, is what guides you. And again, in this chapter, I wanted to hammer a bunch of quotes. I had the whole page I have just quotes um, hammering in about the power of intuition and what is it really designed. You know, and I even asked, I, first, first sentence in the, in the chapter, I go, so you may ask, why the hell did I put all these quotes in here? Who would do such a thing? And again, like I'm saying, it's the power and the importance of intuition, right? Intuition is your guiding light. It's what's going to guide you in your life. Uh, to help you massively. And we, we all have it within us. Nobody's gifted more than others. One may be more sensitive than someone else, but intuition is like a muscle. You just have to work it. You just have to give yourself that time and that energy to do the work on intuition to make sure that you can definitely um, tap in because it's what guided our lives, you know, and it really what has, has led us. I mean, look at children. Children are the ones who um, they, they're in an intuitive state all the time. They're in an intuitive state every single moment of their day. And so, and so when they, when they do that, it, 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 it's pretty powerful that, you know, this theta brainwave, as I talk about is how they're in this state. And so it's up until about seven years old, research has shown that it's around seven years old is when all of a sudden the brain will flip and, and the ego starts to evolve in our lives. And this is when we come, start to become more logical. This is when we start to learn things more. This is when we start to evolve more and so much more. And so it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it shows where our programming starts to happen is anything from seven and under. So basically, you are a kid between seven and under with all the things that you face in your life and all the things that you're going through, all the things, the challenges that you face, the deep foundational stuff is between zero and seven. And what's also is interesting about that time frame is that seven is that the intuitive and spiritual world, um, you start to shut off from that. So like I always tell people, go look at a three-year-old, two-and-a-half, three-year-old, four-year-old. If your parents aren't living on this earth anymore, you can go ahead and you can show them a picture and they'll know who they are. And I know this sounds crazy for some, but I've done this with my nephew. I've done this with my niece. Like my when my nephew was born, my grandfather uh, past six months before and actually a couple months before. And, um, and actually, no, I take that back. It was a year and a half of a difference, but anyhow, that's not the point. The point is though, that I remember one time I walked in my parents' house and he was, um, he looked like he was talking to someone and playing with someone. And he would like mimic the word. He, he was trying to say Papa, but he couldn't really say it that clear. And he called my dad Papa. And I was like, Hey, I was like, who's this? And I'm showing a picture of my grandfather. And he's like, Papa. And I go, yep, he's playing with him. And then there's my niece, um, which she's only two, uh, going to be two next month. So with her, I can't really uh, get that out of her yet. But um, she was uh, she was born, uh, let's see, two years ago. 
And, you know, so my grandmother, she reminds us of my, like my grandmother's energies around her a lot. So it's kind of interesting. We're going to see how that goes. But, um, but when she gets to about two and a half, three and starts talking, I'm going to do the exact same thing because it's always working. So try that out. Anyway, I digress about it though, but getting back to the book, you know, it talks about the family. Um, you know, I talk about how far away we got from our child roots. You know, as I get older, I spend time understanding and analyzing my childhood to see where my patterns are that I'm not aware of. Uh, because everything that you from zero to seven, that's building the subconscious mind. And we live 95% our, our life is dictated by the subconscious mind. And so it's one of those things in the book that I break down. I talk this, I call it the family ego, right? It's the view that the family has on life and they unconsciously pass this down to their children. Some people call it the generational curses and the things that why do families struggle the same way? Why do, um, you know, if one family, most family members have financial issues, it leads down the path. Why, if one has drinking issues, it leads down the path. What if one has anger issues, it leads down the path. There is, there is, there's generational curses to this and it's programming. And what people, adults don't realize is that we are programming our children when we realize it or not. And so it's this program that we do and we do it unconsciously. So if you're a parent, do not get you know bothered by this. It's you do it and you're going to do it regardless, no matter how you hard you try. I talk to my wife about this all the time. Like, I always say, like, we will do something that is going to offset our kids no matter how hard we try to consciously focus on it. It's part of the design of the life, the game of life. It's, it's that thing between three and five years old that's going to set the page for their life to dictate um, their experience. But that's why they chose us. That's why they're in our life. That's why we're here to bring that experience for them. And these are all spiritual truths that one day I'll write a book about. But long story short, we keep going down that path. And I, and I share stories of myself. Um, about my intuition and what I went through, which most people kind of go through. Uh, you were intuitive, you knew things, and then there came a point in life where you didn't have that anymore. Or you, people were judging you or challenging you, family members or friends, and they were questioning you. Even though you were right, they were still questioning you or whatever it may be that created um, a sense of not trusting yourself, right? Have you been there before? I know I have. And this kind of pulled me away from my intuition. And again, guys, some of the stories I don't dive into because it takes away from the power of the book. So I highly recommend getting a copy. I'm offering it for free. Just pay the shipping and handling. Or you can get it on Amazon and Kindle and all that fun jazz. But it wasn't, you know, as I, I go through that story, though, uh, I start to come out and I start to talk about when you can be aware of the, the how we have created ourselves to pull us away from intuition. You see... If you look at a plant and you don't know what the plant is, there's this curiosity that comes out of you and you want to, you look at it, you're studying it. You see the leaves, maybe it has flowers. What's the growth pattern? You know, how does, you know, you just, you study all this stuff because you're curious, right? Now, imagine you see a rose. You may want to smell the rose because you know the rose has a scent to it. Maybe, there's, but there's not really that. You may have some appreciation, but not usually. Or if there's an animal that you don't know, your curiosity kicks in and you want to know about the animal. What does it do? How does it, I know this happens to me. Like I found out that owls don't have predators. Most owls don't have a predator. My wife told me this because we had an owl near our house. And for us, we're concerned about that because we have chickens. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was like, interesting. I want to, I want to, I was like, but I'm like, they don't have a predator. I was like, I got to learn about this. 
And so I was very curious and I started to study it and I was like blown away that they really don't have predators and they're very actually cool beings. Um, but the thing is, I don't know anything about owls. I mean, I, I, I know they look cool looking, but I don't know anything about them. And so in the book, I talk about how you, you when we label things, we create a divide, which is coming from ego, which creates separateness at all times. And like I said, ego's here as a design for many reasons. You know, if, when you look at it from a spiritual perspective, um, we are all connected. And we're all like, if you think of the internet, this is what I love about technology. Eventually, I'm going to write a book and say technology is spirituality because it's something that I, I, I see so crystal clear in my head that I think a lot of people can grasp that I would love to write about. Because when you think of the internet and how it connects all of us, no matter how far vastly the space is, that's how spiritual, that's how you are when you're in your non-physical. We are all massively interconnected. And so we're always connected, always on. We're all in a uniform, right? If you think of the internet, that's God. And then all the spots that you go to connect to the internet, that's us. And so that is why ego is here in the human form, because we wanted to be separate from it, to get a feeling of it, to get an experience. And so I dive a little bit deeper into the aspect of ego here a little bit. Not too much. We already went through that in a few chapters before. But just tapping into how ego creates a false identity and how it, it takes you away from what your true source is. And it kind of puts the mask on. And you live this life with this mask and your identity of who you are with that mask. And so, like, for example, like in my first book, I talk about, like, I'm a chiropractor, right? And so in your mind, based on your programming, based on your cultural being, based on your experiences and exposure, you have a definition of what a chiropractor is. But you don't know what my definition of a chiropractor is. You don't know what my imprint and my blueprint of what I think a chiropractor is and how I express chiropractic and the beauty of it and what it does for humanity. So... That's the interesting part. And sometimes those people too will collide because someone thinks, no, but I'm right. Well, okay, but here's what chiropractic is, you know, and I'm one of those people who will go down to like to the source of things because I like to do that with words and things, all those nature. But this is where I tie into the false identity. And again, the whole point is you think of me as a chiropractor, but really I'm just a spiritual being who's experiencing what a chiropractor is. I chose that path. Um, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that I get into with the book about if you're going, like I said, if you're going to see who you are, focus on what you say you are, and then look at the stereotypes of that. And it will show you how much you are truly you and how much you are led by the ego. Right. And so I talk about stereotypes in the book and I always say, if you want to know how much you're living by a label, look at stereotypes to something and see how much you align to that. That's how you find your programming in something. So if I say I'm a chiropractor, what does that come up to be? You know, and depending on what groups and what, you know, even in chiropractic, what sections of chiropractic, who says what and where, because um, chiropractic is a very vast different. When you look at 100 chiropractors, you're going to probably hear something a little different on each of them. And it's one of those things where, you know, where do I, where's that stereotype and how do I fit it or don't fit it? It's just like when I was growing up, um, being 100% Italian, you know, one time you speak of Italian, they're passionate or this or that, but they have anger. Right. We could get hot hotheads that you think of us. And it was always fun because I, I'm not a hothead. And it was everyone's like, that's not no, no. If I met someone who's been around a lot of Italians or is Italian around a lot of Italian families, they're like, I don't get it. And you're like, you're not the typical. And I'm like, that's good. I'm being me then. Right. And that's the point I'm trying to make. What is it something that differentiates? 
from the stereotypes. That's going to help you see how you evolve. There will be some similarities. There always will be. But how much are you separating yourself from the masses? So I talk a little bit about when you're in tune within your vibration rises and how when you're starting to make that connection with yourself, the vibe rises when your vibration rises and you can align yourself better to who you are, what you want to achieve, everything in your life. Um, I go and talk about how when you make that connection, there's infinite potentiality that exists for you. Um, you know, the, literally I quote and say, when you are connected, tuned in, turned on, the universe brings what seems like miracles because the ego ran the show and goes into a world of endless infinite potential. When I'm coaching with people one-on-one, -on -one, I always love the stories that come out of nowhere. They'll be like, I can't believe this is happening. So-and-so called me out of the blue. I have this happening over here. I have that going on over there because the things I work with, with people is I'm working at the into trying to get them to be intuitive, connected because I'm not teaching I live by a quote that says, when I coach and work with people and all that I do, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm telling you how to think. I'm teaching you how to think. And when I can get you the how to think and how to tap in, then all of a sudden you're take running the show. Because when you think something's a miracle, when you think something was like lucky or came out of nowhere, it's because you let the ego dictate it. And a lot of times we're letting ego dictate how life should be and putting yourself in a box that you don't even realize is there because 95% of the time subconscious is running you. So I said, when you face struggles in your life, transformation is around the corner. And I was talking a little bit about that in the paragraph above. And it's one of those things that anytime you have a struggle in your life whatsoever, transformation's coming. It's around that corner. And so get ready. And I said, becoming more of who I truly am instead of saying better or upgraded. And I, I want to let you guys know that there is no such thing as a better you. That doesn't exist. Now, you may go, what the heck? But it doesn't exist. We need to get that terminology out of our head. That, that means there was a limited part of you and you were not as good as you were before. Let me tell you, the moment you were born, the perfection of who you are exists. The perfection of who you are exists. Okay. I always say, I want you to think of as a, think of as some, get a visualization of a bowl of water. Okay. And you have this bowl of water and it's crystal clear. It's beautiful. It's pristine. It's got all the natural minerals. It's got, it's very high vibration. Okay. That's you when you came into the physical form. All right. Now what happens is in life, unfortunately with parents and family and cultural developments and beings, depending how conscious and awake they are, will determine how much dirty their water is. And what happens is, is they start to give you, because they got to help fill your bucket up too, with water. And if their water is not clean and pristine and pure, which it isn't, just like mine isn't, and not like yours isn't, because that's part of the program. It's part of the, the game of life. What ends up happening is, is that water gets a little dirty. And it's up to you to tap in and find how to get back to that state. You see, that's why my company called Empower Your Reality. The, the, the three letters on the three words on the bottom says discover, expand, and evolve. The reason why I have discover there is because you're rediscovering the pure state of who you really are. Right. And this chapter talks a lot about that. So it's that pure state you're trying to read. You're like cleaning the water off that you're trying to add more water to eventually thin out as much as the dirtiness. So you can get back to that crystal slate. That's why better or upgraded, or some people say next level person of you, it's just you're becoming more aware of who you really are.
that's just my little two cents there. But I talk about a little bit in the book too. And I get into the coaching side of that too, my personal experiences with people. But I, I start to shift gears now a little bit in the book and I start to get more into the intuition side. I start to say, how do you get, what's the best things that I know that you can connect to yourself? And I get into the aspect of intuition is the first, you know, becoming aware of your intuition is the easiest way to do it is quieting your mind. And you really have to learn how to quiet the mind. It's a lot harder in today's world because we're distracted by so many things. We're pulled emotionally by so many things that take our focus, attention, and energy. And so it's harder and harder for us to do that. Attention spans down to eight, seven seconds. Um, it takes 80 days now to change a habit instead of 30. Um, and some research was showing 66 days at one time ago. So it's one of those things where, you know, you have to, it's, a, it's a more of a challenge than it was before. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means it would be more of a challenge. I see this on the health side with the more stimulation, the more issues that we're having, the more toxicity, the more EMFs that we have, the more stresses and stimulation and over do, 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 do type of society that we are. Um, we're creating more and more health issues. And what happens is, is if we're not, you know, chiropractic back in 1900, yeah, you only needed four, six, eight adjustments in a month. And then you go down to maybe a couple times a month. And then after that, it was like once a month, that that's it. That was care plans back then. But then again, they had organic food back then. There wasn't pesticides and GMOs. There wasn't electromagnetic fields. There wasn't blue light. There wasn't living in these prisons of what we call homes and so many other things. And not prisons, just cages. But long story short, it, it, it has changed now where it takes a lot more work. And I've been seeing that as a chiropractor because I, I do a lot of research on this. Um, so I talk about how you got to quiet the mind. And, and, it, and it sounds easy, but it's, it's not. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the, I'm trying to be real here with you guys. That it's going to be, a, you're going to have to put work into this. You're going to get frustrated and get upset with it too. But I said, you have to connect to source as the word yoga means union with self. And what you have to do is you have to reconnect and recreate a relationship with yourself like you have when you're a child, going back there. And there's so many ways to do this. And I said, and in this chapter, I share methods that I know that work, um, but it's up to you to find out. And I share about, again, my, goals, my goal and vision is to share how. How is not the ego. How is the tapping into the heart and utilizing your intuition to find what works for you. So there's two ways that I have used it over the 13 years in my background in quantum physics, universal laws, energy medicine, being an energy healer, um, all the different things that I have studied, neurology, neuro, neuroscience. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, the psychology, cognitive brain, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, all these things. And what I've learned is that there are two things that I can say. And in this chapter, we're going to go over number one. And this chapter, we're talking about the breath. And we talk about how breathing is so critical for life. And I don't need to share all the benefits of breathing as I do. And I'm literally reading from the book. Uh, I, I say I don't have to share all the benefits of breathing because you can do this. You, you know that breathing keeps you alive. Um, you know, but when you're short and shallow and fast, this stimulates rhythms within your body. Uh, they do the exact same thing. It speeds things up. So think about when you're angry, you're frustrated, you're upset. Where's your breath at? And then the same thing. And I talk a little bit about that. I go through stories of that. But then I get into some of the neuroscience, because I really wanted to hammer into the science of, of, of breathwork. You know, a lot of times, again, this is a, the reason why I did that is because there's, again, breathwork's getting popular. I have more patients coming up saying, I heard about so-and-so. I heard about this person. I heard about that. I heard it's really cool to do. And I heard a friend that did it and it was really amazing. Yeah, but why was it amazing? What was the purpose behind it? Why are they doing it? Well, I, I don't know. I just thought it was cool to do. Okay. 
Um, if you want to spend time into something that's cool, that means in a month or two or three, you're not going to be doing it anymore. And I'm just being real because I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen people catch on the fads. I've seen people catch on to many things. I've done it myself um, in the past. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you get caught up in this mix of like, oh, someone's doing it. Someone's doing it. Someone's doing it. Oh my God, I have to do this. And it's everyone's doing it. I must do it too. And you're, you're lost. You're, you're being controlled. You're a servant because you're thinking with the mind instead of intuition of what really means for you. Um, but I will share this one part in the book. There's more research I go into this, um, actually a lot more research, and I'm going to kind of cut through it a little. But in your brainstem, researchers found that there is something called the breathing pacemaker. This part of your nervous system responds to your breath rate. When you slow down your breath, it alters your emotions, breath rate, and arousal. So when you're annoyed, don't notice how, when, you're, when you are annoyed, don't you notice how so many things bother you, right? Every little thing. This is the arousal portion. You are overstimulated in so many ways. But if you take a moment and take some deep breaths from the belly, it can alter how you feel, calm you down, so you don't respond to all the stimulus coming at you. And you can be more centered with yourself, capital S I put there, which means self, which equals true self, soul, self, so forth. So just from that. Now, in my office, in, chiropract in my chiropractic office, we talk a lot about the brake pedal system. And that just means parasympathetic. Now, when we talk about the parasympathetic, we're talking mainly primarily about the vagus nerve. And I get into a little bit of the vagus nerve here. I talk a little bit about the brake pedal. I talk about what the vagus is, how long it is, what does it do, and the connections, how it plays a role in our life. Again, got to read the book for all this. But I get into a little bit of that. And then I share a story about Ray Lewis and um, in his story, which again, you got to read the book for this. But I talk about how he'll just talk about he heard something that had changed his life. And I don't know if you ever read Ray Lewis's story. Go on YouTube and listen to him talk. Um, amazing individual, an amazing soul. Um, I literally see the spirit of an eagle when I see him, a man of such power, his soul I'm speaking on now. And obviously, when you see it from a soul level, if someone's actually actualizing that in the life, you'll see the presence of that in their physical body, which he definitely presented that on the field in football. Um, so if you don't know who Ray Lewis is, he was uh, he played 17 years for the Baltimore Ravens. He was defensive. I'll just say his his stats on what he says uh, of him. He was defensive player of the year twice in 2000 and 2003. He was a Super Bowl MVP in 2000. He was a 13-time Pro Bowler and seven-time AP first-team All-Pro player, three-time AP second-team All-Pro, and two-time All-American in college and University of Miami. He was voted in the NFL Hall of Fame in 2018. It was a no-brainer for this guy. Amazing guy. He talks about a whisper. Um, so real quick, guys, I'm going to be pretty quick with this and kind of wrap this up because in the rest of the book, in the chapter, um, I talk about breathwork and I talk about the different aspects of breathwork and why it's so critically important to use breathwork in your life in some way, shape, or form. Now, if you heard this, don't shut off the brain and say, oh, I already know this. Let's move on. Stop because you don't know where I'm going with this yet. Um, unless you read my book, then you know. But one of the things is that there are different forms of breathwork that can truly drastically change. And there's probably more than what I shared here. Um, I know I had a patient brought, read my book already and she came up to me and was talking to me about breathwork. And she's like, why didn't you use this one or that one? I'm like, you know what? It didn't come to me at the time. I was like thinking of what I have used in my life that has been massively pivotal. And again, I'm sharing with you guys some of that because there are different there are other breathworks, and I have a friend of mine who I bounce ideas with back and forth all the time, and he was sharing with me a couple new breathworks uh, that I've never been exposed to. So I'm always constantly learning. Um, I'm not saying these are the end-all, be-all. I'm just saying these are the most common ones that I have done that are great. And I'm just going to go through the list. 
You can Google these. I literally say, I'm going to quote from the paragraph. Now, numerous forms of breathwork can help you along the way. And you can Google these types of breathwork to save time as I put these in the book. Simple. I literally put that there. So the seven I've recommended that I've done. First off, Wim Hof method of breathwork, getting very popular now. The Wim Hof method is getting really popular. He's known for the cold showers and the cold plunges and sitting in ice for 45 minutes and all that fun stuff. Um, but he does breathwork. And I've been doing his work now for about seven years. It's really, really great stuff. Highly recommend it. You can Google it. Check it all out. I mean, I literally, I literally share in there um, what is each one of those and what does it mean and how it played a role in my life. But you can Google that. There's something called conscious breathing, which is focusing consciously. It's like a meditative process. So this is like a breathing meditation with conscious breath. You're paying attention to where your body is, how it's breathing, feeling the body, and then using the breath to calm it down. There's holotrophic breathing, which is a whole also sometimes called rebirth, rebirthing, rebirth breathing. Um, and that's a whole different form in itself. Um, really, really powerful stuff. I've had a lot of cool experiences with that one. Um, pranayama breathwork techniques. I've got into this um, back when I was doing yoga at 19, um, way back, almost 18 years ago now. And, um, and I've gone back and forth to this on and off. And it's really, really powerful, good for energizing the, energizing the body, good for centering the body, good for getting the body's energy fields to where it needs to. You can use it for boosting the immune system and so much more. Breath of Fire is a kundalini uh, form of yoga, what I've done, and it, I love Breath of Fire. It really stimulates the energy of the core, it stimulates the body, and gets things moving really, really well. Um, cobra Breath is a, a specific type of breath that one of my, my shaman that I work with, he um, utilizes this breath a lot. I've done it. Breathing is reforming the energy of the body, cooling and heating areas where you need to. So when you're aggravated or upset, mad, you can move the heat of that energy out of the body in a very formative way to help you get more centered and calm. Square breathing is another one. This is really great for your overthinker, anxiety, things like that. But um, I use these things to, to just help. It's just typically you're looking at a square in your head as you do breathing in and out. But these are just some methods. Like I said, there's others out there. Um, again, I can. there's a long list of so many that are out there. But these are the ones that I have used in my life that have been transformational. So again, I don't tell you what to think, right? Notice I give you seven in the book and I don't say, hey, these are the ones you need to do. Here's what I will tell you. Go Google them, figure out which one you like, play around with it, do it for 30 days. If it's really starting to make a huge shift in your life, continue doing it. If it's like, eh, I get it, but I'm not really connecting, you know, after 30 days, if you don't feel like you're really gelling with this or getting it down, then try other ones. Give yourself six months, like I said, six months to work with these. And you'll discover which one really works for you. And I talk a little bit about that in the book. And, and I break down each of these in different aspects about how it can, breath can be a big game changer and how it really will help you get back to your source. Um, because in the Hindu culture and Indian culture, they, they, they know that the breath is your prana. It's life. And how you breathe is how you live your life. And there's so much truth to that. And that's why breath work is what we need to do more of. And, and I'll talk about different aspects of it. I do get down to a little bit of it and I talk about the rate. I give you some examples, some analogies, some metaphors to really go into it. But in the book, like I said, Google the seven, check them out. Let me know if you have any questions. That is it for chapter six. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, let me know. Email me, drvick at empoweryourreality.com. Um, to get a free copy of my book, again, just go to my website, empoweryourreality.com, or it's in the show notes. You can click there, free copy. 
cover shipping and handling and the book is yours autographed. Um, it's also on Kindle, Nook, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, other on online retailers and so many more. So you can get access to this book everywhere. Um, and it's been a great book that's kind of transforming individuals like crazy from reviews that we've been getting in. Highly recommend checking it out. If you have any questions, again, shoot me an email. But I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you taking time live. Appreciate you being a follower of the podcast. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps. Uh, you'll get notices of updates of every episode that we are releasing. We release about two a week and um, different interviews, people we've interviewed with and so much more. So definitely um, get connected, send a review, let us know how we're doing. But as always, I appreciate you. And until next time, keep rocking. Man. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.